So say after me. Madhiyam, Mahimanam, Cha, Param Brahma, Iti, Shaktitam, Vichyasi, Anugrihitam, Me, Samprashnaha, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Samprashnai, Vrittam, Vritti, Madhiyam Mahimanam Cha, Param Brameti Shabditam, Vetsyasya Nugrahitam Me, Samprashnayar Vivrittam Hridi Madhiyam Mahimanam Cha Param Rameti Shabdidam Vetsyasya Nugrahitam Me Samprashnayar Vivrittam Hridi Vishya 
Avatar addressing uh, King Sachavata, you will be thoroughly advised and favored by me. And because of your inquiries, everything about my glories, which are known as Param Brahma, will be manifest within your heart. Thus you will know everything about me. Srila Prabhupada's purport. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 15.15, Sarvasya chaham vridhisanivishto mata spityar jnanam apohanam cha The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Paramatma, is situated in everyone's heart and from him come remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. The Lord reveals himself in proportion to one's surrender to him. Yeyatam mam prapadyante In responsive cooperation, the Lord reveals himself in proportion to one's surrender. That which is revealed to one who fully surrenders is different from that what is revealed to one who surrenders partially. 
everyone naturally surrenders to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, either directly or indirectly. The conditioned soul surrenders to the laws of nature in material existence. But when one fully surrenders to the Lord, material nature does not act upon him. Such a fully surrendered soul is favored by the Supreme Personality of Godhead directly. Mamevam ye prapadyante mayam etam tarantite. One who has fully surrendered to the Lord has no fear of the modes of material nature. For everything, for everything is but an expansion of the Lord's glories. Sarva kalu idam brahma. And these glories are gradually revealed and realized. The Lord is the supreme purifier, param brahma, param dhamma, tavitram paramam bhavan. The more one is purified, and the more he wants to know about the supreme, the more the Lord reveals to him. Full knowledge of Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan is revealed to the pure devotees. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 10.11, Tesham evanukam partam aham agyanajam tamaha nasyami atma bhavasto gyanadipena basvata out of compassion for them. I, dwelling in their hearts, destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge the darkness born of ignorance. Ma Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shimmati Bhaktivedanta Swami Nityanane Namaste Sarasatte Deve Gauravari Pacharine Yupisha Shashunavari Paschachadi Sitahini Omagyanam Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chaksur Militum Jinam Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Panchakal Patrubhyascha Dibba Sindhu Vyevacha Putitanam Bhavane Vaishnavi So here, uh, this particular sentence is spoken uh, because of an impending crisis. You may remember the story, how King Shatavata found this little fish, and the little fish started to grow, and he had to put him into excessively bigger and bigger containers, and finally put him in the ocean. Uh, uh, and uh, then uh, he uh, realizes this is not an ordinary fish. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, then he asks some questions. I'll go back a little bit. After hearing these sweet words from the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of a fish, he was asking him to be merciful to him and be careful where he puts him and, you know, and so on. Like getting a lot of service, actually. 
Because just being nice to a fish to begin with, you know, I mean, that's not my... <laughs> and uh, Prabhupada uh, talks about this, by the way, in the purport as an example of a Ajnata Sukriti. Uh, you're just being doing a good deed to an animal, but that animal happens to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead, so it's devotional service, but it's unknown <laughs> devotional service. So if you're nice to everybody, you can really luck out and be nice to the Lord or nice to one of his devotees. And, uh, it's a different order of piety. Than the so anyway, so after hearing these sweet words from the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of a fish, the king, being bewildered, asked him, Who are you, sir? You simply bewilder us, Prabhupada says, sir. He, he uses this bhavan, uh, 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 the polite form of you, you know. Uh, or, yeah. Sometimes Prabhupada uh, translated it, your good self. Uh, uh, here he says, sir, you simply bewilder us. My Lord, in one day you have expanded yourself for hundreds of miles, covering the water of the river and the ocean. Before this, I've never seen or heard of such an aquatic animal. My Lord, you are certainly the inexhaustible Supreme Personality of Godhead, Narayana Sri Hari. So he said, who are you? But then he knows already. He asks the question, and the answer is there immediately, which is part of what Prabhupada's purport is. If you ask the question and are ready for the answer, you'll get it. And he says, it is to show your mercy to the living entities that you have now assumed the form of an aquatic. So he can understand that also. The Lord depends when he's needed to show his mercy. And then he says, O my Lord, Master of Creation, Maintenance and Annihilation, O Best of Enjoyers, Lord Vishnu, you are the leader and destination of the surrendered devotees like us. Therefore, let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you. All your pastimes and incarnations certainly appear for the welfare of all living entities. Therefore, my Lord, I wish to know, the second question, the purpose for which you have assumed this form of a fish. And he answers him, I'll skip a little bit here. Uh, Sugadev Goswami said, remember he's narrating this tomorrow, <coughs> said, when King Shatarata spoke this way, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who at the end of the Yuga had assumed the form of a fish to benefit his devotee and enjoy his pastimes in the water of inundation, responded as follows. Uh, the Supreme Personality of God had said, O King, who can subdue your enemies on the seventh day from the day the three worlds, Bhuva and Swa, uh, will all merge into the water of inundation. So a coming devastation by water. You may be familiar with this idea. Huh? Uh, the, the sea waters are rising. And already there are crises, uh, like the east coast of the United States, already some places are <laughs> flooding all the time, and the seawaters are rising. And then he says, when all the three worlds merge into the water, so that's a big flood, Bhuva and Swa, 
when all the three worlds merge into the water, a large boat sent by me will appear before you. Thereafter, O king, you shall collect all types of herbs and seeds and load them onto that great boat. So here you see the Noah's Ark story in its earlier form. Uh, mentioning seeds, by the way, well, you don't think about that, but if you have a lot of flood, you know, there's not going to be any plants coming up. So Then, accompanied by the seven rishis, and surrounded by all kinds of living entities, you shall get aboard the boat, and without moroseness, uh, uh, without, without uh, any fear or, or disappointment or being upset, without any moroseness, you shall easily travel with your companions on the ocean of inundation, the only illumination being the effulgence of the great rishis. Which are stars, anyway, at this point. Pulling the boat with you and all the rishis in it, O king, I shall travel in the water of devastation until the night of Lord Brahma's slumber is over. Now here there's an interesting purport, because this is not a regular scheduled inundation. Basically say Brahma took a nap. <laughs> and so because he took a little nap, he fell asleep for a few seconds, you know, in his time. Uh, there was like inundation that so it was un not a scheduled devastation uh, uh, and then he says in this case he says so, so now you notice the Lord has come to save the living entities he has his uh, person who assists him in this task and then he says you will be thoroughly advised and favored by me so that's one. You're going to help the Lord in this task. You've already shown your, 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 your good qualities by uh, being nice to a fish. Uh, so uh, he's going to help him. And because of this, uh, because you, well, you, you'll know everything about me. All my, my glories, Param Brahma, uh, will be manifest within your heart. And thus you will know everything about me. That's the reciprocation. You are helping me, you are coming to me, and now this is what I am doing. Prabhupada calls this in the purport, this uh, he uses, uh, re, uh, res responsive cooperation. Responsive cooperation. Uh, uh, so he, here, here the Prabhupada gives us very, very nice instruction. That the Lord is is available. He is situated in our hearts. He is the Paramatma. And he quotes this. From him comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. When we actually want to remember Krishna, he gives us the facility uh, to remember him. And apohanam, which lit literally the sense of apohanam, translated as forgetfulness, is pushing away pushing away. And Prabhupada has said, there are so many arguments, so many uh, smart people are making uh, there is no God, very clever arguments, how everything can come from nothing, convincing people about this. Uh, and then big scientists with, with big brains, they're giving all facility to forget. All because they want to forget. He gives them the intelligence to forget. Uh, 
And for those of us who want to remember, he gives the guidance. And that guidance in there is there, and Prabhupada has stressed, that Krishna wants us to come back to him more than we want to go, actually. So he gives us more than we actually deserve. Uh, all one has to do is make a little uh, step toward Krishna, uh, and then Krishna will make a lot of steps uh, toward us. And his steps, as we know from Dev, can be very big. Uh, so he says, the Lord reveals himself in proportion to one's surrender. That that's true. Because if I haven't surrendered all the way, uh, okay, I'm going to you, Krishna, just so much. And Krishna, okay, so much. I won't impose myself upon you unnecessarily. Uh, as you as you want me, uh, then uh, I'll reveal yourself. So this this is why we see uh, uh, we, in the world right now we see all different religions, but we know, as a matter of fact, there's only one religion. Dharma, as Prabhupada has pointed out, is not this or that historical faith. Dharma is what we are. And what we are, we are servants of Krishna. And people have realized it to various degrees. Uh, and uh, 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 so we always have this choice. So we, 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 there, 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 there's Krishna and there's Maya. We advance to Krishna. And, you know, uh, the thing is that, that we have regulative principles to follow. Uh, people generally think that these regulative principles have to do with morality, because you know there's three separate departments. You know there, there's the realm of action, there's the realm of thought, and there's the realm of pleasure, thinking, feeling, and willing. These are the traditional divisions of the mind. You know, and there's satchitananda, which refer to those divisions, but they're not actually separate. And the regulative principles of Krishna consciousness, uh, which restrict uh, sinful activity, you think, oh, this is the realm of morality. No, actually, it's also the realm of cognition, of knowledge. The, 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 these are the principles that we follow in order to know Krishna. And we say to know Krishna, it means to have experienced knowledge. Prabhupada, when he uses the English term realization, it means that which you experience directly. Realization is the translation of vijnana. Jnana and vijnana. Jnana, he Prabhupada sometimes says, is book knowledge. You read it in a book, or theoretical knowledge. You hear it, but you may accept it as true, but you do it on authority. Uh, we, we have so many textbooks in school, and we accept the authorities. Uh, and, you know, the first time in, in grade school, uh, in middle school, uh, the teacher tells you, you can actually, we, everything we told you was wrong. We said in the early the grade school, you cannot subtract a larger number from a smaller number. And that was a rule, and then a little on, they said, yes, you can. <laughs> and you go, wow, how's that possible? No, they're negative numbers. Oh, you know, so then, you know, but you take, you, 
then they show you, you know, but at first you just believe it. Even though, you know, what they told you earlier was false. <laughs> uh, so it's authority. And then you have some experience and you see how you can do it. Then it becomes scientific knowledge or realized knowledge. So similarly in Krishna consciousness, you may read Prabhupada's books, you believe them, but the point is, as Prabhupada writes, to see Krishna directly in the pages of Bhagavatam. Directly. That, that's scientific knowledge. So Prabhupada writes this, this purport, uh, as you can see, with utter confidence, totally convinced it's true. And that utter confidence is there, not just because he accepts authority, because he knows it directly, 100%. Uh, he, has, he has realized knowledge. And he's telling us how to get the same realized knowledge. And it's in a book that we sent, you know, Anybody goes out to everybody, for everyone. How you can also do this? How does this happen? It's because Paramatma is in the heart, and he quotes from Bhagavad Gita the simple instructions at the end of the tenth chapter. How this reciprocation takes place, uh, uh, and how he uh, responds in proportion to one surrender. So he says it'll be different. You'll know as much of God as you surrender. And people in the way, I surrender to God, and then, you know, here comes an opportunity for sense gratification. I say, just put that aside, you know, on the weekends I don't surrender. <laughs> or on vacation I don't surrender. <laughs> like that. Uh, and, of course, there's people who are professional, not surrenderers to God. Uh, uh, Krishna has given the intelligence uh, not to surrender completely. And then they say, the, the biggest claim is, we look around the world, and where is God? All we see is dead material energy obeying natural laws. And actually, we're that too. Yeah, there's this illusion of thing called consciousness which is a kind of just fizz or static, but doesn't really mean it. It's just matter in motion, and you can describe everything that happens simply in terms of numbers. That's, and that's what it is, and it's all, that's what's going on. They're completely convinced, just show me God. But they've made themselves blind. By following the principles of Krishna consciousness, God appears. We know. By direct perception. Pratyaksha avagamam dharmyam, Krishna says. Pratyaksha. By pratyaksha means uh, prati in front of, aksha the eyes. It's, it's experienced knowledge. Now, our material eyes, you know, what, they can see matter. But when, the, when, the, 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 when we have jnana chakshusha, uh, when we have the eyes of knowledge, we can see spirit. Our senses are now incompetent. And they've been developed materially to forget Krishna, quite frankly. But the, the actual power of seeing is there in the mind and can also develop spiritual vision. All our senses have their spirit, original spiritual form for relationship with Krishna. So we have to clear away the garbage. 
That's why we learn in the Bhagavad Gita that knowledge depends upon goodness. This you will not find in any university today, that knowledge depends upon goodness. Doesn't matter, you can win the Nobel Prize even if you're a total creep. If you've done all kinds of horrible things in your life. Uh, uh, if you drink to excess, at least sometimes, you know, and, uh, and, and so on. You, that knowledge is there. Uh, and, and, and to do, do scientific research, uh, you follow certain rules, and if you can follow those rules, it doesn't matter what else you do with your life. So this is why you see people who have apparent brains, but it gets diverted all, all to these different things, and the result of their, their progress is actually quite horrible. Albert Einstein, well, he just wanted to know, as he thought, the mind of God. He thought of God as the God of Spinoza, that is to say, somehow the whole world was... Uh, God, uh, nature is divine. Uh, there's some truth to it, of course. But uh, what did he end up making in the long run? Huh? Uh, atomic bombs. What was the first use they were put to? It's not what he was looking for, but that's what he got. So any, anyway, so we need... He, Krishna has also come to save us again, this time in the form of Lord Chaitanya. <coughs> Clear enough, we are in the age of devastation. It's Kali Yuga and it's getting worse. And, and we can see it. And actually we are in the same position. The Lord is there uh, willing to give us all instructions how to get through this. I mean, we are going through devastations anyway. Uh, living in the material world is living with devastation and one after another uh, one thing happens and another thing happens your body gets old that's a devastation things change in your life that's a devastation the crisis is all the time you solve this problem and the next problem comes and the next problem comes and it's, all, it's always going on uh, uh, and people are afraid uh, you know the cold war is coming back uh, Russia is again, you know, maybe uh, not going to join the community of nations the way people were hoping or whatever uh, they were thinking. And uh, so, but it, it always happens. One problem is gone, another problem uh, comes up. So we're living in a, in a threatening world, uh, and, um, and it's clear enough. Uh, for, to, to Prabhupada, it, it was one time that the Krishna consciousness movement, uh, our idea is to give directions to the whole society. I mentioned before, I was sitting in a New York airport and the reporter said to Prabhupada, why have you come to the West? And Prabhupada said, I have come to give you a brain. A brain. A brain. He liked to do this to reporters. You know, they're writing, I've come to give you a brain. And then he explained, he said, he said, uh, just like human society, uh, like has head, arms, belly, and legs, but your society is headless. There's no brain. 
And actually, later on, he says, actually, in your society, everyone is a Shudra, and there are a few Vaishas. That's what he said. Which is sort of turning out to be quite obvious to a lot of people right now. Uh, uh, but the interesting thing is, in our experience in Kali Yuga, our historical experience, say, in Europe and America, we have not seen re even real Kshatriyas. What to speak of real Brahmanas? We haven't seen them. We got rid of Kshatriyas. You know, that was, that was uh, uh, the Enlightenment, uh, the Aufklärung, uh, uh, where, where Diderot said, humanity will never be free until the last king is strangled with the intestines of the last priest. You know, the United States of America was on those principles, let's get rid of kings, let's have democracy, and then the French Revolution, and, uh, and so on. Uh, because the kings were actually quite incompetent. And the Brahmanas earlier had had, uh, had their attack with Martin Luther and so on. And so the kings became in charge of the churches, right? I mean, who's the head of the Church of England right now is Queen Elizabeth. What is a queen doing in the head of the church? You know? <laughs> and of course, of course, the German kings took, took advantage of Martin Luther, who just wanted to reform the church to put themselves in charge of the church and so on. Yeah, that's a long story. We haven't seen real... Kshatriyas or real Brahmanas. We've seen Vaishas, and certainly we've seen Shudras. So, our here Prabhupada is saying, now for ourselves, uh, Prabhupada just says very clearly uh, the conditioned soul surrenders to the uh, directly or indirectly. So, for, here's one thing everyone is a devotee of Krishna. That is to say, everyone follows God's orders. We, we say to people, surrender to Krishna, as though they have a choice not to. <laughs> but they have. But they, they have surrendered indirectly and unfavorably. They are following Krishna under the dictates of material nature. This is indirect. And it's unfavorable. They don't get closer to him. And I've seen, you know, I've, sometimes at our Sunday feast I've stood in front, Jai, Om, Vishnupad, and all the devotees are down on the floor like this, and I see some visitors in the back and they're looking kind of <laughs> aghast, you know? <laughs> Seeing these people bow, and you could see their faces, my God, I'd never bow down like that. <laughs> because we in our tradition, we acted out, we put our heads on the floor, we dandabats, you know, at the best, in the, in the Christian West, they genuflect down on one knee, <laughs> you know, but or you know, pray, kneel to pray, but they don't flat out. Well, once in a while, they do, but uh, not all. So they, we, we actually bow down, and they're saying, "I'll never do that." It's hum too humble. You know? I'm American, you know. <laughs> Control material nature. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Uh, but they do. They do bow down. They do surrender. They, when we tell our process, yeah, you, 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 you give up everything. Uh, you, 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 you 
give up all your idea that I own something, that I control something, that I enjoy something. We give up all those things that modern civilization is so kindly providing us with, all these opportunities for sense gratification, which keeps the vices in their money. Uh, we buy them, we need them, we enjoy them, we like them, uh, and more and more, you know, we're being more and more able to exercise, uh, free our desires for complete expression. This is progress. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, you give up all that. Uh, you give up all that uh, to bow down to Krishna. Whoa. But they have to do the same thing. But we do it voluntarily and favorably, and we see Krishna. We meet Krishna. We meet Krishna Radhamadan Mohan. That's how we see Krishna. In the beginning, for our neophyte stage, we, we may see statues. But actually, as Krishna, Krishna and Krishna's statue are the same. Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. They come revealed to us. Krishna's name opens up and we see, yeah, here's Krishna directly. It's not like I have to uh, just have faith. I can see it. We clear away the garbage of sense gratification because all that sense gratification makes us stupid. Sense gratification makes us stupid. And all those people who are immersive, of course they can't see God because they've been made stupid. So, and all their intelligence makes them more stupid. They used to increase stupidity. <laughs> so, so that's, that's their... But do they not surrender to Krishna? They do. What happens at the time of death? Everything that they so-called own, they give it up. They give it up and death comes and that's how they meet Krishna. In the form of death and thunderbats. They fall down flat. And then you see who's God and who's not. So they do it. They, they undergo the same process. Their way is the unpleasant way. Our way is the nice way, the pleasant way. But renunciation, you have to do it. It's built into the system, one way or another. Uh, uh, so, uh, so the, but then what happens when we surrender to Krishna? He said, Prabhupada says right here, one who has fully surrendered to the Lord has no fear of the modes of material nature. For everything is but an expansion of the Lord's glory. Sarvam kalu idam Brahman. This is quoted from the Upanishad. All this is verily Brahman. Remember the word Brahman has appeared in this verse, Param Brahma. Uh, uh, this is what the Lord is. And uh, Prabhupada has uh, uh, invoking this when he quotes this particular uh, because yeah we we get to know Brahman but also we get to know everything as Brahman because because the the focus of Maya is what we, what we do when we engage in sense gratification is we separate Krishna's energy from Krishna. 
because I hear everything belongs to Krishna. But every act of sense gratification is implicitly the act of atheism. Because uh, here, the, uh, uh, here, here I, I'm a male, male body, I see a beautiful woman, ah, oh, I'm going to enjoy her. And of course, to enjoy her, I have to control her. She's mine. Uh, or I see some some uh, food, or I see some gold, or I see, I'm going to take this, I am the enjoyer and I am the controller. Uh, and therefore I've separated that human being, or that object, or that animal, or whatever it may be, I've separated from Krishna. It's theft. It's theft. That's, because I put myself in God's place, place as the enjoyer and controller. And he's the enjoyer and controller of all. And therefore, God disappears because I've done this. And then I'm in the, entangled with the modes of material nature and I suffer. Prabhupada once said, death is an illusion we have imposed upon ourselves due to our desire to enjoy in this world. Therefore, we undergo the illusion of death because I've when now I've become a devotee, everything belongs to Krishna. I go up to people I've never met before in my life, and I'm not evaluating them. Is this a, a, a person whose body I can enjoy? Is this a person who it will be socially advantageous for me to know? Uh, uh, do I want to be seen with this person in public or not? Uh, uh, will this person help me advance socially or, or materially? We size everybody up, accept and reject in terms of our sense gratification. As a devotee, we go up to people and we are saying, will this person, can I take this person to Krishna for Krishna to enjoy? Now I am the servant of Krishna. So in this way, we, we, we transfer. Oh, we look at food, right? Where we become devotees, we go We go to the market, and there's all things to eat, and we're thinking, will Krishna like this, will Krishna like that, can I offer this to Krishna? We've changed our relationship with the sense objects to take them, in a, and especially prasadam is wonderful because you do it on a very basic level. How much time do I have? We've already gone over time. Huh? Uh, one time, when I was a new devotee and we were looking to buy a temple, uh, 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 there was a synagogue for sale. There were Jews worshipped synagogue. Uh, and so I go to see this rabbi, myself and another devotee, uh, and he was an Orthodox uh, rabbi. And he was actually going to go to Jerusalem, uh, where his brother was. And uh, so ortho Orthodox Jew, very, very strict, although he was smoking a cigarette, but in the, in the, in the Eastern European fashion like this, you know, not like the way Americans smoke cigarettes. Like this, so uh, uh, and because when we looked at the place, he had you know two refrigerators, uh, two sets of dishes for kosher and not kosher for meat because you can't mix up meat and milk. So you know he was very strict. So he he asked us. He saw we were in devotees and everything. He'd never seen devotees, and he started to ask us about what we did. 
And his opinion was quite favorable. You're good. We could all we don't eat meat, fish, or eggs. So, you know, he said you're 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 good people. But when he was saying, he's saying to me, uh, uh, we see, said, do you observe the Sabbath? Uh, uh, because on that day, the strict Jews they don't do any work. They 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 completely. It's the Lord's day. They don't do any work. They can even some rules you can't even turn on a light switch, you know. I mean, you have to be like really not do anything. Uh, and simply it's the day for God, you know. So he said, you observe the Sabbath. And I said to us, well, um, uh, for us, we, tr- we uh, every day... Uh, we, we do for, uh, for you know, we, we don't have a special day, but, but uh, because every day we want to serve God. And he says, no. No, he says. Uh, and he quotes the verse from the Bible. Uh, it was, uh, six, uh, six days you, you work, and the seventh day is, is, is the Sabbath for God. You rest and you simply uh, engage in uh, uh, study or whatever. I said, but for you, I said, on, on the Sabbath, that's the day you work the hardest because your congregation comes here. Uh, and so you're working very hard on the Sabbath. Ah, he says, that is for God. That is for God. And I said, well, everything that we do is for God. He said, how do you eat? <laughs> so he couldn't imagine, you know. So that he was very surrendered, uh, but partially, because his religion, as at least as far as he had it, was a, a karma kanda uh, religion, uh, uh, as far, far as he had, was practicing it. Uh, and I, actually, I, I have one god sister who once uh, uh, asked Prabhupada, uh, she was Jewish, and said, you know, my grandfather was a rabbi, he followed all the commandments of the Torah, where did he go? And Prabhupada said, well, if he followed strictly, he went to the heavenly planets. And that means there was actually restricted meat-eating in, in, in Judaism. So it's something. Uh, so, but here he says, one who has fully surrendered to the Lord has no fear of the modes of material nature. Just like those sages and all the other people in that boat, they have no fear. It's devastation, but no fear. And no fear for everything is but an expansion of the Lord's glories because you see everywhere is Krishna. And Krishna is doing everything. And these glories are gradually revealed, they're shown to us, and realized, experienced directly. We, in other words, Maya means we don't see the world as it is. The world is God's energy and Maya means we only see a little part of it. Uh, the Lord is the supreme purifier. And again, Param Brahma, you know, he says that the again, the Param Brahma comes in. The more one is purified, the more, and the more he wants to know about the supreme. And that has to be there. Once you see a little bit, you should get a taste and want to know more and more and more. Become, you know, the more the Lord reveals to him. Full knowledge, Brahman Paramama revealed to the pure devotee. And then he points out that Krishna's waiting 
just waiting to do this. So this is our opportunity. Uh, I had a lot more to say about that, but, but one thing I, we should mention, it is for most of us a gradual process. The Lord is in our hearts, uh, and if we look at the whole process of you know, becoming free from material nature, it looks, oh, so hard. But actually, all we have to worry about is the next step. If, if, if we have the disposition, if we are, we're inclined to make spiritual advancement, and we want to, and we pray to Krishna, please help me. And actually, that's the meaning of the Maha Mantra. It's, it's not just, it's a, it's a name, but it's a prayer, because it's an evocative case. The meaning, O oh Lord, O oh energy of the Lord, please engage me in your service. That's the prayer. And, and the corollary, the, the logical equivalent, please free me from whatever is keeping me from your service. So we should pray that and we should mean it. Please free me. If we ask like that, the Lord will show us what at least the next step. If we take that next step, then he'll show us the next step. Uh, if we don't take that next step, then, you know, well, he's shown us, now he waits. <laughs> what are you going to do? And sometimes he's even a little merciful. He'll make us kind of put some pressure on us, <laughs> which is very nice of him to do that. And we'll resent that pressure a little bit, but he'll put it there to, to prompt us. He does everything he can do without impinging, uh, infringing, uh, going, uh, interfering with our freedom. Because that freedom, he respects. Because that freedom means that the love has to be freely given. Uh, the realm of bondage is the realm of maya. If you want to have no freedom but think you have freedom, that's where you go. Uh, when you fully surrender to Krishna, you have huge amounts of freedom. So uh, this, uh, this text is a good one to remember, especially as we encounter... Uh, Little devastations in our own lives, because they will come. And bigger devastations in our country and in the world, because they're also coming. Uh, they've also arrived, actually. Uh, uh, and uh, we should also, like Shatravata, we should use Krishna consciousness to bring as many people in the boat of survival. Uh, and and uh, not just surviving, but prevailing. That's our goal. Okay. Hare Krishna. Do we have a, a little time for questions or comments? Huh? Yeah, so any questions, any comments? Yeah? Thank you so much for the Do we have a microphone or we have to, I have to repeat, okay. I can speak loud. Yeah? Okay. Thank you so much for the, for the lecture. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it, it is uh, really interesting. You pointed out that uh, actually everybody is a devotee. And you said they could be a direct or an indirect devotee. Mm -hmm. And from you, for me, this is an interesting element. Like you see in the Vedic literature, there's the terms non-devotees, and that, that's kind of misleading to me because mm -hmm. then you think, oh, they don't surrender, but they do. They do, but indirect. Is that yeah. the right conclusion? Yeah, the, it says there are people who are not devotees, yes. but. They think they're not devotees, and they're acting as if they're not devotees. 
But they ha but surrender to Krishna is is built in. Yes. Yeah. So when Prabhupada says dharma, mm -hmm. dharma means what you are, your essential nature. And our essential nature is that we are servants of Krishna. Everyone, even the animals, are servants of Krishna. Uh, uh, but they are in a position where surrender is very difficult. If we, if we feed them prasadam, it'll help. But uh, otherwise, they can't do much for themselves. But the human form of life is that time where, where you have to make some steps to, sur to surrender. And even just ordinary moral codes are a little bit in that direction. Uh, uh, and different different religions ultimately did some step to surrender. Uh, yeah, uh, and, but actually there's only one religion. Yes, but the term uh, non-default is quite misleading. Uh, well, you, you, have, you have to take it in its context. Uh -huh. yes. And in the context of social dealings, and yes. there are people who will tell you, I'm not a devotee of Krishna. They, they, that's their self-identification. Mm -hmm. Not a devotee, or not a devotee. God, I don't know, believe in God. I'm an atheist. Okay. Yeah. okay. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much for the class. Um, I just wanted to clarify something that Shri Prabhupada said in the Padma. I didn't quite understand. Mm -hmm. He said that to the degree that someone surrenders, they're no longer under the effects of the laws of nature. Yes. I just want to know exactly, like practically, what that meant. That means your happiness your well-being, your sense of advancement, your sense of purpose is not affected at all by what... The course of material nature does not interfere with your advancement in life and your happiness and your well-being. That's what it means. You are not affected. We have a source of happiness and pleasure that is there no matter what the hell goes on. That's what it means. Okay? Right. Yes, Prabhu? Um, you mentioned in your lecture that now, Prabhupada said now that there's just shudras and a couple of Vaishyas. And I read in the Bhagavatam, you might maybe like to comment on this, that Prabhupada says when he performs Sankirtan Yajna, automatically Kshatriyas and Brahmanas, real Bra Brahmanas and Kshatriyas will come back automatically. Yes, that's true. Did you hear him? He said that, that I mentioned that Prabhupada said uh, everyone is a Shudra and there are a few Vaishyas who perform Sankirtan, the Brahmanins and the Kshatriyas will manifest. Yes, that is true. Those people that have their nature, uh, I'll just tell you an example. Uh, I, I grew up in the American military. My father was a, a career officer, and so I got to know, you know, what the military was like. Uh, and there were people that I met that were actually Kshatriyas, you know, in the officer corps. I mean, we really, they really were. But um, the ones that really got ahead were the Vaishyas <laughs> in the military. Because it turns out, you know, the, 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 real, the real power in the military is ultimately when you deal with, it, with the other vices who are making advanced weapons. <laughs> and of course, modern, modern military technology makes sure that you can just be a shudra. I mean, I mean, if you pick up a modern lethal weapon, a 
a firearm, uh, automatic rifle. It weighs as much as the toys I played with when I was a child. And that's why you, you can have women in the battlefield now. Because when, 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 they used, when you, the weapons were heavy, when you had swords and bows, you had to pull like this, you know, a woman's body wasn't suitable. But now, they're like toys. That's why you can have boy soldiers, you know, to children soldiers in Africa with you know, lethal, you know, Kalashnikovs uh, pointing at you because now they make them like that. So they, 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 that, that's what's been facilitated uh, now. But the natures are there. Uh, but Prabhupada said, I've come to give you a head. The, the intellectuals right now are all diverted. They don't, they don't really know. Uh, part of our mission is to convince them that God is an object not just of faith but of knowledge. And the correct placement of faith is the beginning of knowledge. Because you go to a university course and sit down, you have faith, you don't have knowledge. And you think your faith is well placed, that's all. Uh, all knowledge begins in faith. Uh, and so we, we have to convince them, we, have, we need to convince intelligent people that this is knowledge. And it is, it is practical too, it's not just off in the world, off in the, you know, the, the upper limits of, of human consciousness, but it's here. It's, it includes knowledge, how to plant crops, how to run society. Everything is in Bhagavatam. It's all there for the reconstruction of human society. The re-establishment of human society on, on, on its authentic basis. And Prabhupada said about a Brahmana, a Brahmana can learn anything and teach anything. So Dronacharya is a Brahmana, but why is he on a battlefield? Because he teaches military science. So we can, we can, we can teach agriculture, all those things. We, we are to be the brain. I have come to give you a brain. He said, a very, very serious remark. Uh, and we're supposed to do that. And, uh, and we'll, we can keep people who, you know, but if people become free from the modes of passion and ignorance, then the quality of a Brahmana is goodness. We have all that qualities, they're in the Bhagavad Gita. They're qualified by the mode of uh, goodness, satyam, dharma, tap, uh, I forgot how it starts now. You, you know, uh, that 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 a Brahmana, jnana vijnana mastikyam brahma karma sabhavijam all these things samadama tapasocham shantamarajavam these are the qualities those qualities will develop as the mode of passion and the mode of ignorance and goodness on the on the platform of the mode of goodness then one makes spiritual advancement and anyone who can follow the principles no matter what their uh, birth may be or, or, or their contaminated mind if they follow like this because the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is extremely powerful uh, those Brahmanas will you'll make those Brahmanas so that's that, that, that's what will be necessary uh, for the stabilization of Lord Chaitanya's movement in the Kali Yuga it's supposed to be a golden age of Krishna consciousness, so that's what it's for. Anything else? Yes, Prabhu? Maybe, maybe late, 
Okay, no more time. We'll stop then. Thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada.